Welcome back to the Grinder, folks. Um, we're here with James Chapman, the Dolphin with eyebrows, and what? And we also have another special guest today. Um, if you have not heard or have not seen the Instagram, the Broke Agent, um, you're missing out. One, two, go follow, go take a look. You're gonna laugh your ass off, guaranteed. And without any further ado, Eric, what's going on, brother? Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me good yeah man um i thought it would be super good to have you on just to kind of be able to explain things of like where you started and then how the social realm kind of came into play and then you know see where this thing goes but uh overall uh you know give us a little bit of your background and where you started and then let's go into that all right i went to school at usc in los angeles and then after i graduated i got a job at the laugh factory comedy club famous comedy club on sunset boulevard i wasn't doing comedy i was like a marketing assistant so i was posting other comedians to to facebook and instagram <laughs> and twitter and trying to get people to attend sick shows so it was my job to come up with promotions on tuesdays and wednesday nights kind of like gags to get people to show up at the club on social media and then I quit that and then was basically unemployed for a couple of months. I was making vines, trying to get vine famous, sucked at it. And then I had a blog called the Pudgy Caddy, which was kind of a social commentary blog about the going out scene in Los Angeles. Uh, a lot of sports related content on there, like funny poems. And I would just write like pissed off blogs every time, like the Yankees lost or U of A basketball or Trojan football lost. Basically, those are my teams. Right. And then uh, a girl I knew worked at a brokerage called Hilton and Highland in Beverly Hills and was like, I see you're, you know, just posting bullshit all day on social media. So clearly you're unemployed. Come work for us as a temporary receptionist position. It was supposed to just be like two weeks. And then I got hired to be a assistant to an agent after working in the receptionist position for about four months. So I, I really liked the people in the office. There's a lot of eccentric characters. And, you know, that was kind of like my foot in the door in real estate, had no intention of getting in real estate, then got hired as an assistant, then became a buyer's agent, got my license, was sitting uh, dead open houses three times a week, every Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, cold calling, door knocking to no success, and then started the broke agent from there. So getting into uh, real estate, what, uh, what was that kind of going through, like the buyer's agent aspect of things or the assistant aspect? What was that like for you? I hated every aspect of it, basically. <laughs> Seriously, I just, I had no idea what I was doing. No one was, I, the agent I worked for was extremely successful and had another assistant above me that was a great mentor and helped teach me things. Right. But I barely knew what escrow was. You know, when I was letting people in for showings, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know to turn on all the lights. I didn't know to open the right. windows. I didn't know how to present the place. I didn't know what to say. I wasn't really taught exactly like the, the steps of, you know, what to do within conversation, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And then, so I didn't, I didn't learn contracts. I didn't know, 
you know, what a contingency removal was. So I was kind of learning these things on the fly and like the less I knew, the more afraid I was to ask about anything too. Cause I just didn't want to look like an idiot the entire time. I just felt like a fish out of water. And then when I became a buyer's agent and actually got my license, that was all, my only goal was lead generation. So it still wasn't contract or negotiations. It was set up listing appointments for my bosses or try to get buyer clients at open houses. And you know, there, I kind of just learned on my own. I was sitting dead open houses. Like they would put me on the <laughs> shit houses that were on the market for months. No one would come in. Literally. I just you know waste like five hours a day, like setting up for this thing and sitting there. And yep. so, yeah, I mean, I was like uncomfortable. I felt like an actor. I just felt like I wasn't being myself. And, you know, occasionally I, I would get a lead and that would be exhilarating and actually get an appointment. But, you know, it's those frustrations that kind of sparked the broke agent because I was like, there's got to be other people feeling like this. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that that's super unique to be able to think in that route to be like, you know what, there's other people feeling like this. So I'm going to start a platform that just expresses situational weirdness. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think you do that very well in, in what you're doing, but because it's everything that you post is, is so relatable. And I think that's why it, you know, it took off the way that, it, that the way that it's taken off and you've done it, done it in a way that it's not too edgy, but it's also <laughs> not like, uh, what's the other one that that's on Facebook? Um, lighter side of real estate. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Lame, like that one basically. Yes. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> like my grandmother would be like, Oh yeah, you know, that, that's cute. Yeah. But this it, is, it started off a lot edgier just because I was trying to get people's attention. So the content at the beginning was a lot more cynical and dark because that's how I was feeling at the time. Like I hate, I didn't like real estate agents because I was dealing with LA agents. I didn't like my clients, really. not my clients, but I didn't like the, the leads that I had. Yeah. Every situation I hated, I was like, how does anybody else like this? So a lot of the content was making fun of the successful agents or the type of stuff they were posting on social media, because that's all that I saw. Right. And then I started because my friend Wes Pinkston wanted me to write for his blog or write for like his, uh, it was like a, a website. He was building websites for agents, basically. He wanted to do a, a marketing blog for it. And then we said, let's make it funny. And that's how the broke agent started. That's, 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 yep. that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yep. As far as that goes, so are you, are you still in real estate currently? Yes. Okay. So you're still yeah, so I'm, I'm an agent with Compass and Brentwood. Oh, dope. And the, my focus now, especially over the last year, is almost full-time broke agent. So I've finally found a way to, to monetize it fully and you know do this, which is for sure my passion. Real estate never was. Yeah. Even though this is a content business based on real estate. But you know, Barstool Sports was already taken. So you know, what do you yeah. do? <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty unique just to be able to kind of maneuver in, in that route. So what... I guess, what kind of difficulties have you run into, you know, building out, out kind of the, the real estate aspect of it and then being able to maneuver into the broke agent? Like what difficulties did you run into mm-hmm. as far as like, did people take you seriously in the aspect of, or were you associated with the, the broke agent at all? Yeah. So when it first started, the first six months did it under the alias. So never showed my face never said it was me because I was worried about what it would do for my real estate career. So I still was 50% sure I was going to be a real estate agent, at least in the inter, you know the near future and 50% sure I was going to be doing this. So I didn't want to destroy my real estate career by talking shit about real estate 
right. with this, you know, the broke agent, which is also just a horrible brand name for someone trying to make <laughs> it in like Beverly Hills. <laughs> so it really undercut myself there. But yeah. uh, th- there was a lot of problems at the beginning because eventually my brokerage found out that it was us because we spoke at a, a real estate conference, the Inman conference in 2015 and kind of obviously had to show like, you know, I'm not going to walk up there with a giant key on my head, like I'm dead mouse or something like it's me. Yeah. So we got up there and our manager office manager was sitting in like the the front row so they knew it was us and the other problems that have uh become of this is that i just kind of had one foot in one foot out the entire time so i always needed to do real estate to create real estate content but i was always not a hundred percent in being a real estate agent which for sure has hurt my real estate career because you can't do this part-time if you're kind of not if you're not doing this all day, if you're not reaching out to leads, if you're not looking at the inventory, you're not going to open houses, meeting other agents or building your own brand for your real estate business, you're not going to succeed. There's just too many of us out there, especially in Los Angeles. So that's problem. And then also posting content that my clients might think is about them. That's always been a problem too. So whenever I'm within a deal and a situation comes up, I always try to like hold that thought (laughs) until the deal is closed until everybody's happy and make sure that the content is not about that specific client. Cause that's popped up a couple of times too, where they're like, dude, are you posting about me right now? Which is, I'm (laughs) not ever doing that, but that's like the worst feeling in the world. If they think that I'm doing that. Yeah. There's three, there's three things here. I mean, you've really hit on that. uh, I hope the people listening are taking in number one is totally okay to work a part-time gig in the, well, first off, if you're in something and you're not enjoying what you're doing and it doesn't mean that the industry as a whole is not for you. Maybe you got to start looking at avenues, that, the parts that you like, right? Maybe you mm-hmm. create something. You never know what you may fall into. Don't just get this, um, just laser beam focus on one thing and think it's, it's got to be the same for you like it is for everybody else. Number two, if you find that, that avenue, start working at part-time you know, and, and see if there's something to it. And when you get traction, start making your movement towards it. You know I mean? That's, that's the beautiful thing. And, and, you know, lastly, just, just stay with it. You know I mean? Just keep going after it until you find something, run that, run that course until you say, okay, well, this industry as a whole is not for me. So, I mean, I think it's really good pieces, especially for our listeners that, you know, are trying to find their ground in something or trying to figure out how to get to the next stage. So I mean, it's really good info. Good. Yeah. I I think when I started meeting other agents that were like-minded to myself at real estate conferences and people that were, you know, in person telling me how much they enjoyed the content at every level of success, that made me really like the industry a lot more because I started meeting people and networking with people and becoming friends with real estate coaches and, you know, people on shows and like this entire network that I've built of, you know, really close friends now that, you know, I, like I said, at the beginning, I just, I was really turned off by real estate agents from just an LA agent perspective of someone trying to make it. Cause I thought all LA agents were just kind of douchebags, but everybody else that I've met in the business has been great. I think also when you, you feel a certain way, you know, you create community through this as well. You know, like I, I don't, everyone out there at one point or another hates what they're doing in that one moment because whatever situation, right. <laughs> I know for a fact, Jeff Bezos has probably had to walk into me and be like, what the fuck am I doing to myself? Why am I even like, like, why am I even doing it? Right. I know. I mean, like every piece there's people at times that hate what they're doing. So like, if you can add some, some, um, you know, some community during the suck, so to speak, 
you know, I mean, it, it, you can persevere a lot longer when you know there's other people you respect in the industry or whatever industry it may be. And they hate the same bullshit just as much as you do. Yeah. I think that's, that's what was cool about this is the feedback immediately upon posting. So at first I would just take tweets. So just kind of thoughts I was having about like, Oh, no one's coming to my open house or the guy that signed in. It's illegible. I can't even read it. I just wasted three hours. (laughs) The only person that came in was a neighbor. I spent more money on gas than I made this entire week. Like, you know, all those, like the inner monologue of a struggling agent. There were so many comments at the beginning of being like, Oh my God, I've never heard anyone say this. This is exactly how I feel. So it's not always just like the negative stuff. Like not everyone has to, you know, hate everything that's going on. Cause I still try to throw in some wins every now and then of like celebrations of double ending a deal or closing a deal. And it's Friday or getting cocktails, you know, you got to throw in wins. I don't want people to go to my page and want them, want people to blow their heads off after reading (laughs) it. But I think it, it, it did, it did provide a sense of community like, Oh, I'm not alone. So there's other people that feel this way because in real estate, I mean, there's so many losses that you endure throughout the entire day that you need some sort of, you know, funny light or, you know, cathartic voice or, you know, something that is just like, Oh my God, this happened to me on this deal. Like I love when people tag their friends and they have like a specific address or street name saying like, this is exactly what happened on, you know, 16, 16th street. That's hilarious. So they, it makes them feel like not alone and you know, everyone's going through this. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's something that even people in, in our office now, I mean, mm-hmm. something that we always do is like either comment each other or send it to, to each other back and forth. And it's, it's something that can even be used as almost just marketing on our piece, in, on, on our piece as well, that it's like you, you may see something funny between text messages between a buyer and, mm-hmm. and, a, and an agent, and then you just post it on your story and then somebody will comment like that's funny or, or whatever it may be. And I guess, have you, have you monetized that aspect of it to where it's like, Hey, look, we are now able to kind of market in a couple different aspects. Yeah. So we have a template platform now that allows agents to customize and brand funny content that I'm putting out. And this is exclusive content on a platform called coffee and contracts that has templates for literally all social media, but I post 30 to 50 gifts, memes, infographics, tweet style, basically everything you, you want captions, Instagram stories that are more oriented towards the client. So you could put your branding on it, your marketing on it. There's not a huge, the broke agent watermark on it because people don't want to share that necessarily. And it's geared more towards the client being like, you know, poking fun at Zillow or something that kind of conditions the client to understand, Oh, this is how I should be acting. Or this is I'm receiving information but it's also in a, a funny way. And I think that marketing has been really good for agents. We've signed up since I've started, you know, a thousand plus agents yeah. and she's got, you know, even more people on the platform than that. But it's, it's been, it, it's been cool to see agents realize that humor is the way to go for marketing and that a little self-deprecation and poking fun at yourself and not being so salesy is going to get a lot more engagement and make you seem more relatable than just the suited and booted agent that's posting motivational quotes in front of their car. Yeah, that's right. And that, that's, that's like the typical thing right there, right? Yeah. Like, Hey, look, look at me. I'm, I'm doing really well. You should use me because. Exactly. Right. And I, I think that's, that's something that I wanted to tie into is the fact that it is so relatable, you're able to pass it on as, you know, self-marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've used a lot of your content, whether it's like, Oh, I can make a video out of this on, mm-hmm. 
TikTok or Instagram or the reels, yep. whatever it is, it, this can be used in so many different ways that even with another professional um, and inside of a different career type, you're able to kind of take this content and say, oh, our client also does something similar to this. And you can use it as, as a, you know, content for a video or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But that's, it's something that, you know, I look at it and I go through it and I'm like, damn, this is such a good idea as far as being able to maneuver in, in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good for people to produce their own content by, you could go on the broke agent page and just look at the memes and make reels based off the memes and informational reels for your clients, whether it's, you know, the steps, the home buying process steps, the pre-approval steps, the, uh, the sun just go out over there. What's going on? Over yeah, there? What's going on? It's like the sun is just like, <laughs> now we're out of gas over here. Who knows what's going to happen? Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great, it's great inspiration for other agents to produce content for sure. Um, and so the, did, did your uh, last brokers that you were with, did they like just terminate you or like, did you, they were just like, Hey, look, we it, it was an amicable split. This was the same brokerage that I kind of grew up in as an assistant and the receptionist and buyer's agent. So I knew everyone there very well, including the office manager. And they were just like, if you're going to be doing this broke agent stuff, I don't know what you're going to post. And when I started, I was 25, 26, yeah. you know, different thoughts now than when I'm 31, for sure. It was a lot more kind of fratty humor, a lot more like alcohol induced posts kind of going on. Like, you know, I was a little bit more of a wild card for sure. You didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth. So completely understandable that they were like, you know, our brand is luxury and yeah. it's, you know, Hilton and Highland. It's like, it's literally like the, one of the nicest brokerages in LA. So. And brokerage so, doesn't, doesn't mesh well. <laughs> and I wasn't even really trying to sell is the thing, you know, I mean, I was like, cause I, joined with Wes who started the broke agent with me. Um, and we like had our own team, but we were going into the office and we're doing half broke agent stuff. So I was just like constantly like building the website or coming up with tweets, coming up with content. And, you know, every now and then I would like change my real estate logo. And that was like something I would do. That would be like my, <laughs> the only work I did for like a month. <laughs> just get marketed. So how, how long has that been to now that you started broke agent? Six years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And how many followers are you up to? On Instagram, like 287,655 wow. as of, you know, five minutes ago when I last checked. <laughs> and then, but I have bad real estate picks, which is another account, which right. is the goal is to get more consumers. So normal non-agents basically yep. to just look at bad real estate picks and then get introduced to the brand through that. And then I have the over podcast, which has almost 4,000 followers. And then, you know, it's big on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok too. So over half a million across all platforms. That's good, man. That's killer. So what, uh, the podcast that you guys have now, like what, what do you guys usually hit on that? So it's called over ask. It's with my friend, Matt Leonetti, who does really funny reels. He works with the agency in Canada and he's always done funny skits. And then he reached out to me to do an agent spotlight, which couple years ago, I was posting agents once a week on my story to promote them agents that were doing really funny content. And he was one of them. I did his a couple of times. And then we always said like, we should collab, but like, what am I going to fly out to Toronto and do a skit? I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. And I don't yeah. like doing the skits anyway, but um, he's really funny on the mic too. So we started a podcast to just kind of interview and have casual conversations with real estate people 
So we've had Ryan Serhant, Mauricio Mansky, who started the agency, Maya Vander selling Sunset, and a bunch of kind of like real estate celebs and um, just people. That's pretty dope. Yeah. 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 Sound like an asshole just saying celebs, but just people that (laughs) whatever. I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say Addison sounded like an asshole saying dope, but you know. No, I like that. It affirms everything that I'm saying. It makes it sound cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just dope just after everything yeah, just, that's dope yeah. um but yeah so man, this podcast should be called that's dope yeah <laughs> um as far as as far as going into you know if, if if other people inside of like different industries if they're looking to you know build up content and kind of going into that route what what are some of the things other than like situational stuff we know that it works um but like what what else have you found that that has been pretty good as far as using as content. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, obviously your actual experience will produce the most content. So writing everything down after a showing, after a call, after inspection, after an open house, that's where the most real content comes from. But a lot of what I do is I search in real estate Facebook groups for content and ideas. So real estate Facebook groups are gold mines of, you know, 55 year olds screaming at each other and posting memes and you know talking about whatever happened to them and asking the dumbest questions you've ever seen like how do I write a contract or how do I set up my Instagram profile there's like there's just so much great content on there and then it just gives me a lot of ideas too because there's questions that I could kind of rip from of people saying like what's the craziest thing that happened to you at a showing or something like that and they'll have like 10,000 answers so I mine content from there I always try to credit of course but uh, I look at other pages like industry adjacent pages that have funny memes and have are doing kind of similar style to me so there's stupid resumes there's attorney problems there's consulting humor there's sales humor so I look at other pages that are producing content that would be similar of kind of other people that are disgruntled in their profession so if you're looking to produce content the best thing you can do is consume content probably from people in your industry. So even I'll, I'll just go on like real estate Instagram too, and just search realtor humor. And you can see like reels, ideas, TikTok ideas, meme ideas, and you can just search the hashtags and just kind of see what agents are posting. So that's a yeah, I like that. good tip right there. And then as far as like what platforms are you, are you seeing the, I guess the most drive to, so is it TikTok right now or is it Instagram or uh, Instagram? Probably still just because Instagram is more intimate than Facebook. So if people comment, not everybody sees it, right? Like on Facebook, you'll pop up in other people's feeds. Or if you share it, you're sharing that to your entire Facebook audience. With Instagram, if you comment and tag someone, your client doesn't have to see you doing that. So if it's about them, you know, it's just a little bit more sacred, I guess. But and with Reels now, it's way more easy to grow because their algorithm is kind of like TikTok, but TikTok, I need to do way more of, I've posted a video that got like 500,000 views and you get so many followers from it, from just doing like a couple of videos. So I need to do more of that. It's just, it takes a lot more effort to, you know, have good lighting. You know, my girlfriend's in the other room. It's embarrassing as hell to just be like filming TikToks, (laughs) doing real estate TikToks, like at a grandparents' house. Like, no, I can't do that right now. I'll just just post a meme (laughs) quietly. But I mean, if you want to grow right off the bat, TikTok is definitely like you could post a video that goes viral with zero followers. So Instagram, you kind of have to build up a following. TikTok, you could just start posting. Yeah. And that's something that I've kind of caught on to as far as Mm -hmm. going into that route. 
And it's, I find myself just being like diving into uh, TikTok and then I get lost in the sauce and I'm, I'm just scrolling versus like, oh, I actually got on here to kind of find some content. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of hot women on TikTok that it's just, I mean, you're, <laughs> you'll be just scrolling of, you know, people in their bathing suits jumping up and down for an hour and a half. Yeah. And then you're like, I came on here to post something. <laughs> you know, my TikTok's literally just like that nice golf shots, yeah. <laughs> striped, like a striped three iron down the middle of the fairway. That's right. And like, like a boxing match or something like that. I don't yeah. know. And it's, it's, it's just the content so easy to consume. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so, um, yeah, I guess appealing to everybody else. And it's like, Oh, I like this. So I'm going to go check out his page and see what else he has, has on there. So I think well, the follow the follow buttons right there too on TikTok. So you could follow someone directly. You see a funny video, you can just click that and you're following them without even going to their profile. Yeah. But vertical video, you got to do now for content because everything's going towards that. There's YouTube shorts, obviously Instagram reels, TikTok. Yeah. It's way more fun now to consume those types of videos that are visual. They take up your entire phone. There's music, there's filters. There's just so much more creativity you could do with those than just doing a just sold post on your Instagram. So yeah. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys lost me. Help me out. Vertical. So vertical video is no, it's no longer going horizontal with a phone. It's now vertical. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Laughing at me? Am, I, am I wrong here? I, hey, I'm learning guys. All right. You scroll like this. Yeah. No, I do not. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> he said exactly. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. All right. I'll be quiet over here. I won't say anymore. <laughs> horizontal video. <laughs> You know, a while back, that's what they said. Like, oh no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be horizontal when you film it. Like, you know, high quality and all this BS. That's so true. Not- it did used to be like that, I guess, for YouTube. But IGTV too has got to be vertical. Just the, you want more real estate on your on the Instagram page. So ones that are smaller aren't going to show up as much as the bigger ones. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. I'm with yeah. you. Okay. okay, cool. Voice so- coming from the voice coming from the clouds too. We don't even see you. Yeah. yeah, you know, look, so we have the, I mean, it's the craziest world right now. We have gas shortages in, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? 50% of like the gas stations are sold out. We're a bunch of rednecks down here. Okay, mm-hmm. Eric. So what happens when they say there's a gas sh- shortage? Everybody goes and like fills up every piece of equipment they have with gas. So they stockpile it. And so, yeah, I'm working remote. So would you fill up your computer with gas? Is that, is that why it's not working? <laughs> I mean, what do you no, mean? <laughs> I mean, fortunately I, I filled up before that. So I'm trying to not be one of the assholes who like goes and like fills up the bed of my truck with a, you know, a thousand gallons of gas. Like right. So yeah. So I'm getting to work in the boonies from home mm-hmm. and I have horrible internet. I mean, we might as well be on, I don't know, like it, it might as well be dial up. It's horrible. Right. Yeah. So, but it's an honor to be here with you today. Yeah. <laughs> thanks honored to be a part of this yeah no i I appreciate you coming on for sure um so is there you know we we try to focus on more of like a peer-to-peer podcast and you know is there anything that that you would suggest you know you started out as you know being the front desk going into the assistant going going into the buyer's agent aspect is there anything that you would say that would be that would help people out when they are starting out and trying to figure out what they want to do for real estate agents or just for anybody real estate in general. Okay. I mean, for real estate, just cause 
I, I would just do everything that I didn't do basically. No, I don't know about that. That's a stupid answer. The joining, joining a team. I know everyone kind of reverts to that, but I think you need mentorship at the beginning and you need to be working with a team or an agent above you that is willing to explain everything to you. Like you're an idiot, because if you have someone that you're uncomfortable talking to, you're going to, you know, just learn from your own mistakes, basically. So you need someone that's going to, you know, watch you do your listing appointment, watch you make the calls, tell you what to say in conversation. If someone asks you how many offers are there in the property or why has the property been sitting, you're not going to just say, oh, because it's overpriced and my seller's a moron. Like, you know, you need to have like kind of, you learn from your mistakes in real estate, of course, and you kind of like pick up on what to say. But if there was someone that was helping me and telling me and kind of navigating through everything that I'm going to go through, I think that would definitely help. So joining a team and knowing the inventory, obviously, I mean, this is something I certainly haven't done or have done, but I'm, have not been doing it um, is you got to know everything you can about real estate because everyone knows about real estate and everyone's going to try to convince you that they know more than you, even people that aren't real estate agents. Yeah. Everyone likes to talk about houses. You're good. Like, there's so many times people are going to talk to you about houses. And if you don't know what you're talking about, you're like, well, I'm not working with this moron. Like I know that house. He doesn't know that house. So you got to know everything. And is the consumer has so much knowledge now that it's, yeah. it's become almost, almost to the point where it's like, I meet a client and then they'll even, they'll know a little bit more about the sales history yeah. than I do. And they're what like, do you, oh, yeah. like, why did this property sell in 2013? Well, uh, that's useless knowledge. So I don't really know. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's the, the concept that there's so much consumer knowledge now, just from Zillow, from realtor.com or whatever it may be, that it's, it's almost surprising when, when you get someone who actually just wants your, I guess, expertise and, and yes. what you want to know. Yeah. It's very refreshing when that happens. Yeah. When they don't know anything and they're not trying to prove that they know more than you, that's, that's great. But yeah, totally. If you're not providing value, they're going to be like, well, why am I even working with an agent at this point? Why don't I just write with the listing agent? If the buyer's agent is like, cause they're looking for properties just as much, if not more than we're looking for properties for them. Exactly. They're looking at them nonstop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much information out there and yeah, we as agents, we just, we need to know more than the clients. Right. That's really good tips. <laughs> Is it? We need to <laughs> yeah. know more than the clients. Delete yeah, this entire no, podcast. I, I like the I like the tips about the mentorship. Uh, you know, I like the fact of starting, you know, when I started insurance, I started at the bottom and, and worked my way up. It's a good thing. It's probably saved me it saved me a lot more money now than it cost me starting at the bottom. Yes. You know? And uh there's a lot to that. And a lot of people want to like jump in line and sometimes you can't do that, you know. Yeah, I mean you think that becoming a real estate agent is the easiest thing because there's no barrier to entry. You pass a test, you have your license and that's it. You're ready to go. You join a brokerage Mm -hmm. and you just get thrown into this. You have no idea what to do during the request for repairs. I mean, just learning the stuff, like walking around with an inspector to me is always the worst thing ever. (laughs) Cause I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, you pick up on, parts of the house, the water here. I mean, I sound like an idiot right now. No, no, but, you, but you're right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like there's, yeah. there's so many like terms that you don't know, or there's uh, like, we had a house that had creosote 
which is something that they used to paint on houses in the 1940s to get rid of termites, basically. And the smell of creosote picks up when there's a hotter temperature. So the first open house we went to with my buyer, there was no creosote smell. They wrote a non-contingent offer on it. And then during the inspection, there's this insane creosote smell. And it's because it was like 10 degrees hotter that day. It turned into this entire thing. But this is stuff like you pick up on that the inspector was just like, this is creosote. I'm looking around like an idiot. I don't know what to do. You have to hire a creosote expert. There's just so many little circumstances like that that pop up that a little guidance would be nice. I mean, we, we literally didn't learn the types of houses. Did you? No. Nope. Do you know the types of houses? I, I mean, I do a little bit. Yeah, so it's like you kind of pick up on things, but it's yeah. like, oh, that's a Cape Cod or yes. that's that's a whatever. It Come up with be. one more. Come up with one more. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> you don't know the types of houses. See, exactly. Contemporary. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, there's. Look, and that, that's the thing. So it runs into, do you want a two-story home or do you want a ranch? Right. And And- you give me those aspects, I'm rocking and rolling. You say, I, I want, want a bungalow, a- motherfucker. You want a bungalow? <laughs> yeah. Go to the- I feel like I sound like such a moron the entire second half of this podcast. But my point is that a lot of people do not learn this type of thing. And if there was some education course, and this is what we're working on, not how to sell more real estate, but how not to look like an idiot your first five years in real estate is a you know video course type of thing that we're working on that's kind of edutainment, education, humor where there'll be little skits of me or Matt or someone else playing like an incompetent agent that is just doing the exact opposite of what you should do. And then someone actually explaining what you should do at, during that interaction. Yep. So I think that would be helpful for people. Massively. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look in the, in the beginning, you know, first five years, exactly what you're talking about. There's so many things that, that you have to be so open-minded and you have to be willing to take in so much information that there's just, there's not a lot of information out there, especially like you sign with a brokerage, Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Hey, we're going to give you all this information and you're going to know how to do all these free classes and everything. Well, there's still so much in there that that's almost, it's almost irrelevant to the point because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And yes. so you're just going into it and you're saying, okay, well, you know, they're teaching the class about appraisals. That's great. But what happens if the client says so and so, or mm-hmm. hey, how much would, how much do you think we need to offer on this property? Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's all that's all relative. Yep. And and it's it comes down to actually being able to hold the conversation, and it honestly being honest in the fact of like, hey, look, I don't know that information, but I can get you with the answer. Right. Let me get back to you on that. That's right. That's that's the line. Let's let's circle back around to that. Let's circle back to that exactly. <laughs> You know, that's a great question. I don't know when the house is built. Let me get back to you on that one. I'll, I'll have to consult with the listing agent. Exactly. And, and so it's like, there's so many things that, that, you know, when you are going out to that appointment, make sure you have the MLS printout or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, simple shit. Simple shit that mm-hmm. you just don't get without having someone who's there to teach you. So I, I, five yeah. most common questions you get asked at an open house. That would be something great that I wish I knew. Cause I, when I sat these dead open houses at the beginning, when people asking me, cause they weren't my listings, you know, they were my boss's listings or another agent in the office listings. 
asking me when it was built. Like these are, this is all stuff I should have known, of course. But during my first open houses, I wasn't prepared for these questions. I didn't even know how to get people to sign in. I felt like an idiot <laughs> just trying to get them to sign in. Yeah. Cause like, that's all, all the agents, the my bosses wanted was, you know, the signatures and like contact information. Right. So that's all I was focused on was like, while they're talking, asking me questions, I'm like, Hey, can you just sign in? Hey, can you just sign in? <laughs> just running through that in my head. Yep. So if I knew what questions to be prepared for and all like, you know, I should know the inventory in the entire neighborhood before the open house, yep. because there's another one that's for sale. Why is that one more expensive than this one? When that one's, you know, smaller square footage or something like that. Like right. this is shit that we were not taught to uh, know that we should know yep. that we have to know. But, what I'm picking up from this is Eric, you got your, you got a customer for your, uh, your training classes. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> can you, can I'll you send you the course. You'll the be, form? you'll be the can first you, sign up. Yeah, just get him to sign the form. Okay. And this guy listed one, <laughs> one house type <laughs> <laughs> farmhouse <laughs> and then two stories in one story. <laughs> I just hope no clients listen to this. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, that's what I say about everything. <laughs> Every podcast. I, I won't I won't share this on my page then. <laughs> <laughs> I would be eaten alive. But yeah, man. I, I you know, one, I, I want to say I appreciate you coming on too. You know, I, there was a lot of good information. And also yeah. I think was there? I you know, <laughs> for for the most part. For mm-hmm. the, um and then I do want to go into your the two other things that you have going on. So you have the broke agent, mm-hmm. the coffee. Yeah. Coffee and contracts. That's the coffee. template platform. And we have the over podcast. I had the broke news network for a while with my friend, Ben Fisher. We were doing funny market updates, kind of like a comedic way to get realtors to talk about what's going on, like market conditions, uh, social media tips, just trying to produce funny real estate content, but coming up with real estate news once a week, I found just tedious and boring. It's just not, it just wasn't that interesting. So we're going to do something with that still, but yeah, the podcast, I'm, I'm trying to build like an entire media company with this. So there's other creators that I'm getting involved. We're having an entire merch operation that's about to launch and just, you know, eventually throw conferences, happy hours, parties, you know, really turn this thing into a full-fledged media company where newer agents and other agents get value, laugh, entertained education. That's sweet. Man. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. And, and it all started with an, with an industry you got into that you were not really satisfied. Is yes. About it? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. It's really cool. Well, there was a, there was a gap for sure. I mean, there was nothing like this. There was lighter side, but there wasn't really anyone that had a relatable voice that was just sharing the pain of the industry. So. Love it. Uh, well, you tell everybody the, uh, the handles again, where yeah, you mentioned a couple. So the broke agents one. Yeah. At lighter side of real estate. No, yeah. At the broke agent on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and then at bad real estate picks at over ass podcasts at the broke news network, the broke agent store.com, the broke agent.com coffee and contracts.com slash the broke agent. Dr. Stixian is my personal my Instagram. Hold on. No, again. <laughs> Just oh, kidding well, for the people yeah. that don't see my face. Is this audio or is this video? What is it's this just audio. Be? Thank God. Oh, great. <laughs> so it'll be perfect for James. Okay. Okay, cool. For me. Um, yeah, team. I'll put all the links below. Um, 
and just put them in the description and make sure everybody can get it, at least click on them or touch sweet them. But, uh, yeah i'll overall, send you all those links there's about 15 of them dude send them over i can't probably yeah. get all of them because obviously i don't know mm-hmm. yeah and then uh yeah the brokeagent.com we're rebuilding so that'll be like the hub for everything cool. so if you want to hire me to speak which after this i don't know why you would <laughs> but if you want to <laughs> You're gonna hire me for something, you know? I'll come, I'll come fix your toilet. <laughs> I'll, uh, I don't know. I guess that's pretty much it. I got this new yeah. yo-yo. <laughs> Remember these things growing up? Oh yeah. Like the bumblebee. Yeah. What about rock the cradle, right? Like, yeah, I can do it. I just got this thing on Amazon yesterday. You got to prove it. Is it child? What rock the cradle? I'm not gonna stand up and do rock the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you remember, do that, will definitely the video will go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember, like, that, were you guys? How, how old are you guys? I'm 27. You're 26. 27. 27. Okay, I'm 31. 20, yeah, so 27, 37. So you're right in between us. But yeah, man, uh, the the uh, Duncan butterfly yo-yo. The butterfly. There was the bumblebee. The brain, which would sleep point. and then pop back up. The fireball. I feel like I haven't seen a yo-yo in. In years, yeah. Until until today, yeah. Until today, exactly. That that will be one of those things that just absolutely explodes again. Like you'll be walking around, everybody will have a yo-yo. I think this is the beginning of it, the yo-yo revolution. <laughs> Starting My everything be- from the '90s, like all these kind of retro brands are picking back up again. Yeah, Mom fascinating. Eric, this has been a blast, man. Really enjoyed it. Good. Same. Not the most informational, but at least... No, there were some good tidbits in there. Come on. There was good shit. Do you guys go to real estate conferences ever? No, bro. Cool. Yeah, not really my gig. (laughs) I mean, just to like party at and network. Uh, So uh, the only thing that I have coming up is the Boomtown scenario that's coming to uh, South South Carolina. Carolina. I know. I was going to go to that. They asked me to go to that, but I'm going to be in Portland. Sheesh. What are you doing in Portland? I'm visiting my girlfriend's brother. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just the excitement on your face. <laughs> well, I mean, is it? Is, it was, I don't want to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the what I was expecting to come out of your mouth was like, "Oh, I got Inman, or I got something, <laughs> something special." Yeah. I'm not saying Speaking at the Tom Ferry Success Summit as a <laughs> keynote. Exactly. I'm going to a uh yeah, no, I'm just what I just said. Delete that part. No way. We don't delete anything. No, it's going all on. (laughs) Delete the yo-yo part at least. I might. Okay. I might. All right, guys. I gotta go. I gotta go post something. (laughs) So (laughs) see ya. Yeah, oh, you're I, back. Wow, you're I, I bet, well, I, gasoline you know, I just, wore off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yep. Yeah. All right, later, guys. Thanks. Appreciate you. Peace.